0: Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL two three two fifteen forty two 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the k app chat and we will get to you. Uh, we will get back to you as we can uh, with your messages coming in. I, I've noticed that a lot of y'all have been, uh, and I I appreciate this, a lot of y'all just messaging to say hi during the show. I love it. I love visiting with y'all. So use the k app chat. Uh, Enjoy conversing with y'all through there. Now, I need... Man. Can I... Trying to figure out the best way to say this because I know people are going to disagree with me on it. Ron DeSantis needs to do more mainstream media hits. I'm I'm not sure if y'all listened to the interview with Jake Tapper yesterday, but the Ron DeSantis interview was really, really good. And he needs to do more of it. He absolutely needs to do more of it. I want to play this clip for y'all just so y'all can, can get what I'm talking about here because DeSantis does a very good job. Jake Tapper does a good job of pushing him and DeSantis pushes back and the, the back and forth is a good interview. It's the best interview of this, of this election cycle by far. So um, let's turn to foreign policy because obviously that goes hand-in-hand with military policy in many ways. As a congressman in 2015, you strongly backed arming Ukraine after Russia invaded and seized uh, Crimea. As a presidential candidate, you've said that the conflict is not a vital national interest so as president what were your what will your policy be will you want to stop arming ukraine will you stop financial support for ukraine
1: so first a vital national interest to me means we would potentially send troops there and i don't think anybody wants to see troops in ukraine and i would believe that in 2015 as well it's more of a secondary or or tertiary interest so my policy is going to be very simple our number one threat to our country is from china in terms of foreign threat we also have a threat of being able to not secure our own border tens of thousands of people are dying every year because the cartels are running fentanyl so you got to be strong at home if you want to be strong abroad we are going to approach the world instead of Europe being the focus like it has been since World War two and it was understandable why it would be after World War II. NATO stopping the Soviets I get it But now the Asia-Pacific really needs to be to our generation what Europe was to the post-World War II generation. And so what we're doing is how much hard power can we marshal as much as possible to deter China. I think we're in a situation now with how weak we've been uh, that we are going towards maybe having a conflict with China. I think the way to deter that conflict with China is to be strong. So I would have the Europeans do more in Europe. Um, that's more in their backyard, that's more of an interest for them. You know, I would be willing to be helpful to try to bring it to a conclusion there, but I am not going to diminish our stocks and not send to, to Taiwan. I'm not going to make us less capable to respond to exigencies. And you got to care at least as much about your own border as you do about foreign borders. So when you talk about trying to bring, uh, bring an end to
0: the conflict, would you um, push Zelensky to make concessions to russia to cede land that russia seized
1: in 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 its attack so what i would say is what the goal should be a sustainable enduring peace in europe but that one that does not reward aggression, and there's going to be different levers that you're going to be able to pull. We will pull some levers against Russia. We're going to do be much more aggressive on energy and export because I think that's been Putin's lifeline. I want the Europeans dependent on the United States for that, not him. We're also going to turn the screws on the Iranians. The Iranians have been one of Putin's biggest benefactors, and they've benefited from Biden's approach there. So so we'll use the leverage that we have, uh, but the goal is going to be a sustainable peace that does not reward aggression.
0: What that was well done, and that, that leads to my frustrations with the DeSantis campaign. Um, it's very clear, with based on his interactions with mainstream media reporters, that Ron DeSantis can handle himself, and he did a very good job. But the campaign launched with the purpose of avoiding the mainstream media because they know a lot of the audience they're trying to attract avoids the mainstream media. And this gets to a bit of my frustration because I mentioned uh, last week, it, it looks like Ron DeSantis has probably hit his ceiling as far as the culture war stuff goes. And now we need more substance. And we got some of that with the Blaze Summit last week. And we got some uh, yesterday afternoon with the, uh, the interview with Jake Tapper. My frustration with the DeSantis campaign is by keeping it to friendly media... The campaign really hurt themselves on getting broad appeal. If you look at the numbers, if you look at Donald Trump's numbers, and before I go any further, because I know some of y'all are already saying, oh, he's talking against Trump again. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm not making a judgment on this. I'm just telling you what the data that's out there shows. If you look at the numbers, the averages on the polls right now, what we're seeing is that Donald Trump has been hovering in the 50s. He had a dip a little while ago. Let's say, let's look at the last three months. He had a little dip before mid-April, but he's been hovering in the fifty. To 53% range, somewhere in there, as high at times as 56% when it comes to the Republican primary, but he stayed in that area. It appears as though that's where, when it comes to the Republican primary, that's where Donald Trump, his ceiling is, which is fine. That's a majority of Republican voters, but the other candidates have been moving up, moving down. Ron DeSantis has stayed fairly steady. Right now we're seeing a, a bump in terms of funding and in terms of some state-by-state polling, seeing a bump for uh, Tim Scott as well. It's clear that that 53 to 56% of Republicans, they're mostly locked into Trump. These are a combination of the diehard Trump supporters and the more likely than not Trump supporters. Those are going to be the people who also avoid mainstream media. In order to show growth, DeSantis is going to have to do two things. One, he's going to to have to convince the more middle-of-the-road Republicans and some of those convincible Trump voters to move to him. You have to get the first before you get the second. Right now, Donald Trump is perceived as inevitable. So people who are most likely to vote for Trump are going to stick with Trump. So if Ron DeSantis at this point is averaging 21 points to Donald Trump's 53 and a half. Then you're looking at about 25 to 26 percent that you've got to peel away from somewhere else. So that's going to be your more center of the road Republicans. Ron DeSantis needs to start doing more mainstream media appearances. He's got to pull that support away from Nikki Haley, from Mike Pence, from Chris Christie, from Tim Scott, if he wants to move ahead, because what is going to end up happening is that Donald Trump is going to stay stagnant. But Ron DeSantis can start shooting up if he starts having more of these more visible moments. When you're only focusing on conservative media and friends, there's a firewall that you've put around yourself. You are limiting your own availability to the public. He's got to take that firewall down if he wants to move ahead, and he's got to start making more mainstream appeals. I mean, there's a reason that Nikki Haley and all these others will do media hits on other networks. Now Ron DeSantis has to do that. And he starts with Jake Tapper. And he goes with Jake Tapper for a reason, because when it comes to any of the anchors on any of the other networks, most Republican politicians trust Jake Tapper more than any of the others. Jake Tapper, who is a progressive, is a much better interviewer than any other mainstream media reporter or anchor. And Tapper is probably the one who gives the most pushback to Democrats. Now, it's, it's still not much. You can disagree with Tapper's politics and the way he handles some interviews, and, and particularly uh, toward the end of the Trump years, Jake got uh, he got really, really biased way more than he had been before. But still, in general, if a Republican wants to appear on CNN, their ideal choice is Jake Tapper. And so if you go and you and and Tapper's one of the biggest names on the network right now, if you go and you sit down with Tapper for a one on one interview, you're going to get attention. If you start getting attention from those folks who are middle of the road, not Trump voters, but they're looking for an alternative to Trump, you go out to CNN, you get interviewed by Jake Tapper, you start getting noticed. And you start getting numbers and your numbers start to go up a bit. And then. The more you go up and the faster you can shoot up, which is what the DeSantis team is going to want, the faster you can shoot up, the more those Trump-aligned voters may start seeing an alternative. Because at the same time that all this is happening, like I said yesterday, like we're still seeing, Trump's legal battles are going to start wearing him down in terms of resources and in terms of availability to voters. And that is something that people who are current Trump voters but are persuadable, they're taking note of. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. Let's take a break. We'll have more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com. I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232, 1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. So I mentioned on Twitter a little while ago, that I thought that the interview between DeSantis and Tapper uh, was one of the best interviews of the election cycle so far. And what's interesting to me, and this has been pretty consistent since the interview yesterday, is that the most pushback I'm, I've seen from, from my tweet and anybody who posts anything positive about it has been coming from very vocal Trump supporters on social media they they don't like the interview and they will do whatever they can to discredit the interview as anything other than a softball interview uh where he comes across looking terrible they will do anything they can to disparage that interview i mean and for good reason but also the tone and the rhetoric they're taking sort of suggest that the very online Trump supporters are really worried about more mainstream media appearances from Ron DeSantis. And they know, it's exactly like I said earlier, if Ron DeSantis were to only do conservative media hits and only appear at conservative outlets and only talk to people at conservative outlets, he's put up a wall between himself and your more average voters. And they want to limit his access. They they want DeSantis really to limit his own access to the greater general public. And they don't like that he's getting more public. The other thing here, and this I think is a, a larger point. I talked with a friend who is a political consultant who has consulted on presidential primary campaigns. And they said the thing that that infuriates them the most is that more appearances like this, and DeSantis is the everybody writing these stories about DeSantis's problems. Those stories would never have existed in the first place. These are the kinds of media hits you want, and he proved in that interview that he can handle himself. Jake Tapper's not an easy interview. He is going to push back. He's not as bad at pushing back on part with partisan talking points as some of the others, but he is a fairly tough interview, especially for a Republican. And he held his own just fine. And that has a lot of pro-Trump people in the very online circles very worried. And it has other opponents in the primary kind of worried. Because if he comes across looking good after a sit-down with Jake Tapper like that, that means he's still got some fight in him. All right, we're going to take this break. I see your calls on the line. I will get to you when we get back. And, of course, more of your news of the day here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Let's take this break. We'll be back. In just a moment, right here on News Talk ninety six point five KPL. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the KPL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from three to four p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So, go over to your app store, download the KPL News app. And listen to my show every day from three to four PM Central Time on News Talk ninety-six point five KPL. Sorry about that computer issue. Anyway, welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on News Talk ninety-six point five KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, computers will be the death of me, I'm sure. Uh continuing on with our conversation, we've got a caller on the line, Buck. Buck, how are you today?
2: Good, Joe. Uh I just wanted to One point out, I think DeSantis may be able to get some independence by uh, expanding the uh, media outlets that he does interviews with. Uh But when you say, you know, go to mainstream media, other, you know, he did Jake Tapper, Mm -hmm. which, you know, seems to be a good interview. But who else would you recommend him to go and interview with in the mainstream media? that wouldn't totally be out to get him in a moment where they could, you know, you know, they're not interested in what he really has to say right. there. What media outlet wouldn't be looking to torpedo his campaign in an interview? Where, where would you recommend him to go?
0: Honestly, I would probably say, uh, so outside of the 24 hour cable networks, I think CNN's the only one that you would probably get as close to a fair shot as possible. MSNBC is out the window there, and the, the mainstream print press is, is not going to be good. But uh, the the alphabet ones, ABC, NBC, CBS, in particular, I think CBS would probably provide some pretty good interviews. But you also have, I th- you know, Lester Holt gives a good interview. He He's of the left, too, but Lester Holt gives a good interview. And, you know, we talk about ratings all the time, and as much as people want to talk about Fox or CNN or MSNBC, more Americans as a whole tend to watch the alphabet ones because they're local TV stations. They watch those newscasts at 5, and then right at 6 o'clock come the national ones. If DeSantis starts appearing in some interviews on those, that exposes him a bit more. But it's not. It's also not going to be just the the sit-down interviews. The the DeSantis campaign made it a policy pretty much to not talk to anybody, reporter or otherwise, from any mainstream media outlet to the point where anytime anybody wrote a story about the DeSantis campaign, it was always Democrats and people who are aligned with Trump that were giving comments about the DeSantis campaign. He allowed those people to set the narrative about his campaign. If his campaign starts talking to Mainstream media reporters, even if they take him out of context or anything, the fact that he's appearing in them more and his campaign is setting their own narrative, it does allow his voice to get out there. Reporters are extremely narcissistic, and what they want most is access. And the more access they get, even though they'll write negative things about him, the more access they get, the more toned down those negative attacks will be. So he's just got to play a balancing act of. Letting his and his team's voice get out there to more mainstream media outlets.
2: Well, yeah, I agree. I think he does need to get out and it definitely expand because he he's able to do a good job when yeah. people do bring up these gotcha questions or mm-hmm. stuff. He's able to do a you know a good job of redirecting it and explaining where he's coming from. You know, so yeah. But I think he, you know, I think his best shot is. You know, uh, at least getting out there and maybe picking up a more of the independent vote to go along with, uh, you know, his base support right now. Mm-hmm. Then who knows what happened? Uh, he just I mean, definitely. Uh, I don't really think that Donald Trump, they're going to probably prosecute him. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure they'll let him run. So,
0: Well, that'll be interesting. <laughs> um because, again, there, there's nothing in the, the Constitution sets the requirements for being president, and there's nothing in there about being a convicted felon or anything like that. So he can run from a prison cell if he wants to, but how would that affect if yeah. he was if he got into a prison cell? How would that affect him? Uh, Buck, thank you very much for the call. Absolutely appreciate All it. All right. thanks. All right, Joe. All right. Two, three, two, If you want to be part of the conversation, Mike from Bro Bridge reaches out. Remember, Trump did go on a CNN town hall. Uh, He did as well as one could there. There's something interesting happened yesterday, though. Ron DeSantis did the CNN town hall. Donald Trump did a town hall with Sean Hannity. And today, most of the people who pay attention to such things are talking about the DeSantis interview and not the Trump interview. But yes, Trump has done the CNN town halls. And Trump was very combative against Caitlin Collins, who, by the way, a lot of people forget. Caitlin Collins got her start at the Daily Caller, a center-right publication, and of you know she was under the editorial discretion of CNN. So she was asking questions and pushing and everything based on what the editorial discretion is. And, and Caitlin Collins is not, I wouldn't say, a fierce conservative, but I do think that she is kind of deep down center right. But. Trump did the town halls. Trump did the town halls. His see his sit downs with CNN have been kind of, kind of erratic. See, Trump, Trump doesn't stick to a script. And that's one thing that's frustrated a lot of Trump supporters that want to see him get more mainstream support is that Trump doesn't stick to a script. He doesn't stay very disciplined, but he does. He talks off the cuff and he is great at entertaining he, that go, that, bodes very well for crowds in one-on-one interviews. Trump is kind of hit or miss because of how he kind of goes off on tangents and things. But uh, another comment on the app points out, I'm mentioning the mainstream media outlets, I mentioned Lester Holt, uh, David Muir at ABC also of the left, does have a bias, but would also, I think, be a good sit-down interview, uh, according to to this comment on the app, and I agree with that, too. And I really think, again, it's it's not so much about, can DeSantis do better than Trump did in these, it's just about the fact that DeSantis has to get out there. And I don't know if his campaign... uh, I don't know if they realized that the the damage they probably did early on by not opening him up, because clearly he can do it. If you even if you don't like DeSantis or don't agree with what he says. He was in that interview. He stuck to his script, did not allow himself to be got by a gotcha. Um, It was not a softball interview, despite what the Trump campaign is out there claiming. He he did. He he and Jake Tapper had. A back and forth that was not uh, confrontational, but it wasn't a softball. They they did push back and forth against each other. We need to see more of that, we really need to see more of these sit downs with the other presidential candidates too, because there are a lot of Republican voters who have not made a mind. And this isn't all about well, Ron DeSantis is doing so great. And 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 he, I, I, Ron DeSantis is no more inevitable than Donald Trump is. But those are the two leaders at the top. Those are the ones you have to kind of talk about. The narrative right now is Trump is at top. The next guy down is not gaining any momentum. What's he got to do? And then the talking point is, well, if Ron DeSantis falters, who's next up to the plate? Because it's always going to come down to Trump versus somebody else in that primary. And the other thing, there's so many things when talking about this, the other thing here too is that Republican voters are really, they the Republican voters want to win. They're tired of losing. And they're going to go with somebody who can be seen as a winner. If... A presidential candidate is going to the mainstream outlets. And that presidential candidate is holding their own in fairly tough interviews. They're seen as a potential winner. As Trump gets buried under more and more indictments and more and more legal battles, and he has to spend more and more money fighting those legal battles and he has to take more time off the campaign trail to deal with those legal battles people who are supporting him will start to feel some burnout and they'll start looking elsewhere a lot of i've gotten pushback when i've said that before a lot of folks think that no they they really feel certain that that people right now just want donald trump because they understand that the government's out to get him and that and, and that the DOJ is out to to prosecute him, and make sure he can't run on all this other stuff. And you're right. But that mentality doesn't speak for every American voter. And the data is pretty clear that every other voter is kind of waffling right now. They support Trump. There will probably be a boost in support based on this latest legal drama with what's coming from Jack Smith. But if the last blip in the polling was any indication, it's not going to be a substantive bump that goes on for a while. People are starting to feel burnout. Trump's got to be able to get on the campaign trail, put a lot of this behind him. His legal team is trying. His legal team has tried to defer the Mar-a-Lago investigation uh, after the presidential election. Uh, uh, A judge said no to that. He tried to get the Fulton County investigation tossed out. Judge said no to that. Judge in New York just said that Trump can't defer the indictments there to federal court. It's got to stay in state court, so no go there. He's having all of these battles. He's he's going to have to fight in court over the next several months. Again, that takes resources. That takes time off the campaign trail. And there's going to be a high number of people by the end of all this who are burned out from all the drama. If the primary were held tomorrow, Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. If the general election was held tomorrow, Donald Trump probably would beat Joe Biden. But neither the primary nor the general election are held tomorrow. Can Trump sustain those numbers? I'm not saying he can't, but there are a lot of things standing in his way for him to be able to. And that's why somebody like Ron DeSantis, who's looking to nab some support and start rising the polls. That's why he's got to do more of these mainstream media hits. That's why these other candidates have to get more money. That's why they have to start appearing in more of these interviews and not the stupid town halls. CNN's town halls are the worst. They, are, they, they don't do anything. But those sit-down interviews, whether it's CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, wherever, those interviews do a lot of good. They show these Republican candidates in really what is a fairly hostile setting because nobody in those mainstream outlets are on their side. And if they do a good job in those interviews, that comes off as a win. That's what more of these candidates need. All right, 232-1542 is the number. Let's take our final break of the day, come back and wrap up the show. Of course, your messages, your calls here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPEL. We'll be back in just a moment. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them. But I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, Go to your podcast app, wherever you're listening to this from, and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show, right here on News Talk 96.5, KPEL. I don't, I, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. I've decided I, I'm, I'm done. Marjorie Taylor Greene during a hearing on Hunter Biden today showed pictures of Hunter Biden having sex and they were pictures from the laptop, but they were blown up and they were put on a giant poster board during this televised hearing. And I get it. Hunter Biden's a despicable person. And in the throes of cocaine addiction and in the throes of using his father's name for power and access and money, Hunter Biden did despicable things. Can we please, for the love of God, not show Hunter Biden's naked laptop pictures anymore? I'm begging If anybody in here knows anyone in Congress, please reach out to them and let them know I am begging Congress to put a stop to this. I hate, I hate televised committee hearings. It's a theater, it's all show. And you can ask about the pictures without showing the pictures and inflicting the pictures on all of us wanting it. Because if you're not active on social media, you didn't experience this the first time around. And unless you watch C-SPAN, you didn't experience it this time around. Unfortunately, I'm active on social media. So once again, these pictures are happening to us and I'm not a fan of it. Please. Can we just not show Hunter Biden's naked body anymore? Is that too much to ask? Am I being unreasonable here? I'm not sure if I am. I don't think I am. But the sooner the Republicans can get their act together and kick Joe Biden out of office in 2024, the happier we can all be because Hunter Biden's exploits won't be happening to us much longer. It's a simple request. No more naked Hunter Biden displayed for all Americans to see. That's all I want. You guys have a great day. I'll talk to you again in 23 hours. In the meantime, reach out to me on social media, but do not send me pictures of Hunter Biden's naked body on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email joe at redstate.com. Check out the podcast version of the show. It's available on Substack. If you go to joecunninghamshow.substack.com, you can find the podcast and all of my writings there. If you don't go to Substack, Go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Find the Joe Cunningham Show there. Rate it, review it, give it a listen, share it with your friends. Shannon is offsides and he's next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Y'all have a great evening.